0: Continuing our coverage here at the 2024 NFL Scouting Combine, a gentleman who is now entering year number three
1: as the GM of the New York Giants, Joe Shane. Joe, welcome back.
2: Yeah, Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
1: Always, man. Always. I mean, you're kind of the hot button topic of the Combine. You know that? I mean, you're kind of like you are. The Giants, the sixth pick, the Daniel Jones conversation, the Saquon Barkley conversation, right? Yeah, a lot going on. I mean, a lot going on. Yeah, like where are you guys at right now in the whole process of things as an organization?
2: Yeah, well, we got a little curveball on Friday afternoon. I was, I was sitting in my office, and I was actually watching free agents, and we got the email from the league on the salary cap. And we we were operating off some pretty conservative estimates, I would right. say, in terms of mapping out our offseason. What do you think so- it was going to be? Uh, we were at we were around that two hundred forty three range is kind yeah. of where we were estimating, so when I opened the email, I was like, "Oh my gosh, and you know we gave the staff a couple of days off and the weekend off, and we're going to reconvene here. so now that the new numbers again we're going to recalibrate uh, later today and kind of look at okay, now we have a little bit more flexibility you know we We were in good shape as it was, but um, now maybe we have a couple more options on the table for not only our players but players outside the organization that may may come into the mix now when you find that out is yeah, part yeah, of ahead, your reaction ahead. like what the guys, hell like <laughs> why didn't, tell why us? didn't somebody us tell us a little sooner right. than right now well, if you remember we used to get it like at the labor meetings right. in december so again with covid and paying back the benefits and you know, it's way over my head all the things that that go into this this calculation but yeah it would have been nice to know but at least it was on that end like yep. I'll, I'll gladly wait and have some uncertainty if it's going to come in You know where it did and come in more versus less. It's a game changer. I don't think the the public realizes. You know, yeah,
1: I know it's only fifteen million or so or whatever, but there's a lot of finagling and wiggling you can do with the roster with that fifteen million. Yeah, and
2: I think it'll benefit every team differently as in, you know, some teams that were maybe had different salary cap practices or they were in the window and needed to get out of some cap issues or some teams that were in good financial health, it's just going to, it's going to help them with, with more money to spend. So I think all 32 teams are obviously happy about where it is and, um, you know, it's going to benefit teams in different ways. How, how do you approach the quarterback
1: conversation, right? I'm a supporter of Daniel Jones. I believe you are too, but like, you know, the injury you know, people in our area, right, the Northeast, I don't know if Daniel Jones is the franchise guy. Right. You are the number six pick. Yeah. You know, kind of how are you guys kind of flushing that out right now?
2: Yeah, again, we're in year three of the build. Right. So we have needs. There's multiple needs. Yeah. And I right. know the hot topic is quarterback, quarterback and right. Saquon and Xavier McKinney and some of those guys. Yeah. But again, he's, the reality is he's coming off, um, you know, three injuries in, in two years. And right. everybody, that's facts. So it's something we got to consider, and you know, we're going to address it through free agency. And if, if there's an opportunity in the draft, we're going to look at every position, not only quarterback. We're going to look across the board because we do have needs across the roster. So uh, Daniel's trending in the right direction right now. He started throwing uh, two weeks ago, so he's doing it stationary. He's yeah. not moving yet. There's right. some hope that he may be able to do something in the spring, seven-on-seven, and then, you know, the hope is that he'll be ready for camp. Yeah, so, sure. again, every patient is different in terms of how they recover from ACLs or injuries in general. So, knock on wood, we haven't had any setbacks, and he's trending in the right direction. Right. So,
0: Did my countryman, dare I say Paisano, Tommy DeVito, did he show enough <laughs> last
2: year to be the number two? Yeah, he's going to compete for it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he came in. He won, he won three straight games for us, did a good job. and. Again, as a rookie, undrafted free agent to win, win three games in the league, I mean, that's, that's impressive. And he's wired the right way. He, he learned a lot, and he learned what New York can mean when you yeah. have a little success there. And right. I think he was, he was thrown into the limelight, and he, he, he handled he's it well. He's embracing it, right? He's embracing it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a big off season. And, again, sometimes these guys, they don't know what they don't know when they come in as a rookie. And now that he's been through the process, he understands how to be a professional. Tyrod Taylor was a was a really good resource for him, as well as Daniel, in terms of how to be a pro. So I'm exceed, excited to see how he looks year two um, you know, coming back.
0: Is there a line where you don't want a guy to embrace it too much? I mean, you can get sucked into a vortex exactly. in New yeah, York. Absolutely, exactly. absolutely. You want to keep
2: the main thing the main thing. Right. And as long as it's not taking away from your job and your ability to perform on the, the field or prepare for the upcoming week... Um, yeah i think it can take away so dave's did a good job and his staff of again keeping the main thing the main thing with tommy and not letting it get get out of hand
1: right now i mean i got to just ask you right there's the saquon part of this this discussion right where we're at there i mean the running back general market in general i would think the 255 number is helpful in the saquon
2: conversation right yeah absolutely across the board of our free agents it's, it's helpful and you know, the second franchise tag is just over 12. The new franchise tag for running backs is eleven ish Yeah, right. So, right. you know, technically you could franchise him again. It's only 155 or 200,000 more than what the franchise tag is. So uh, the new numbers that came out, it opens up all options are on the table. I'm not saying we're going to franchise him or not franchise yeah. him, but everything's on the table, and we'll have conversations with his Um, representatives this week and see if we can get something done. We've been working on this since Uh, November of 22. Yeah, sure. So, you know, again, hopefully we can come to a landing spot. I think the world of Saquon, he's a really good player. Uh, He's meant a lot to the organization, and, you know, we'll see if we can get something done. Do
0: you think the receiver position could end up becoming sort of like the running back position where there's just so many that are coming out every year that are good? Maybe a couple get a jackpot and the rest become guys a that just yeah, yeah. Th- they can never get that long term deal because before we commit
2: big dollars we'll just go get somebody else in round 3 yeah i think it'll help the middle class if that makes sense cuz i do i do think there's there's we do this with our pro staff, okay? How many number one receivers are there in the league? Because everybody throws out number one receiver like there's a bunch of them. And it's a fun debate when you start going through it with, with the pro fun. scouting staff because right. you'll argue that guy's not a one, he is a one. Yeah. But I think it's the middle class, um, you know, that, that's really benefiting this from this. You know, the guys that are in the 50 to 70 catch range that maybe aren't number one receivers, they're good number twos. I think those guys are going to benefit, and that market's going to continue to to rise a little bit. There's always going to be those top, top guys. Then you got the secondary market. And I, there's 24, 25 receivers drafted every year. Right. Of those, how many actually make it? You know, it's, it's, it's a small number. Well, what separates those guys from the rest of the group? What Because there's 100, 6'1", 200-pound guys that run 4-4. Yeah. What, is it, what is it
0: that you think makes a guy, when he gets to the NFL level, separate from the rest?
2: To me, I go back to some of the greats that I've been around. You know, Steve Smith. It's that competitiveness, yeah. the toughness. Right. The, it's the heart. The fearlessness. Yeah. The fearlessness. Yeah. and. I'm going to rip out your soul right. every day in right. one-on-ones. I'm going to call you out. He showed up every day. Jarvis Landry was the same way. Mm-hmm. Steph Diggs is the same way, and, and so I think it's it's your makeup and what drives you to do more than everybody else, and the work ethic and the competes, and a lot of that stuff you got to be around the kids to measure that.
0: And is it? And that's my next question. Like, how much of that can you glean from college, and how much of it is you really don't know what they're going to be like until they get to the highest level?
2: Yeah, th- there's little things, you know. Something as little as blocking, like do you have it in you? Now it's simple, but but that that comes from in here. Like yeah, you right. want to give the effort right. to help your running back out when your palm's up when you don't get the ball to the quarterback. Yeah, but then you're not blocking for your running back. Right. You know, that would be selfish if I'm watching the film. That's but a sign. If, if a guy's yeah. out there blocking his butt off and he's driving a guy into the first row and he's also a good receiver that runs good routes and is you know. After the catch, he's running guys over. He's not running out. So there's some things that you can look at that can tell you the makeup of that type of player. Yeah. And, again, there's a large margin for error at that position at the receiver when you're drafting him. And your question is was really good, Mike, what separates him? And we're always trying to figure that out. And what I've found, some of the best ones that I've been around, it's just the heart that competes, doing the little things, the toughness of that position because – you know, there are some divas at the position, and Yeah, they're, they're different and, guys. You know, I think the makeup of the player is what is going to allow those guys to, you know, to separate themselves. Well, you
1: did a good job with Jalen Hile last year. That was one where it was just, he's really fast. Let's yeah. let him go. We'll take him. Right. All right. Here's one I'm interested in always. We talk about it a lot. You guys, offensive linemen, I know there's a lot of talk about Evan Neal maybe being a guard. We're not sure what to do there, right? But evaluating offensive linemen right now. I mean, I've been around football my whole <laughs> life. It's not very easy, and especially with the way college football yeah, is right now, absolutely. where it's one run play and one pass protection the whole game. Right. Tell, tell kind of like the receiver question, kind of like elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, and they're
2: getting the ball out quick in college football. Exactly. You know, so you don't they're, see they're, them. tempo. The right. def, you know, they're not seeing a lot of complicated defenses. Right. You know, Twists, we, when we talk to some of these yep. prospects in our meetings, it's what's, what's, what gives you difficulty as a defense? Is it motions and shifts? Or is it the tempo? And, I mean, it, the amount of kids that have told us, like, sometimes we can, we just got to make the call because the offense is at the line of scrimmage and we can't make the call. Yeah, right. So, again, they're getting the ball out quick. So you really got to evaluate, you know, what these guys are seeing in terms of, you know, stunts, games, the complexity of the defenses, how long are they actually having to pass, protect Rarely do they run block. The mean, you know, there's, there's not a like lot of it. Zone run. That's yeah. all there is in yeah. college football, right? Exactly. Now, so, right. really, what you're, you know, right. if you have a good coaching staff that can develop talent, you yeah. look at the physical traits, you know, the bend, the length, the size, the athleticism, the toughness, the competes. And then, you know, you hope you have a good coaching staff that can bring those guys in and, and develop them. But there is an adjustment period when, when they get to our level uh, from a technique standpoint that, you know, I think it's important to have a really good old line coach to, you know, to teach that. Do you
1: favor the schools that are a little bit more. You know, advanced with O line stuff, like a, maybe a Michigan or a Notre Dame or something, you know, like that. Where I think, there's...
2: yeah, some of the culture they come right, from, because right. I think the culture of that room and the makeup of the room That's is important, very important. Right? Yeah, I don't right. think you can underestimate the, the way those guys are wired and the continuity, because yeah. it's almost half your offense. It's five guys that got to be in unison right. on that, you know, picking up stunts, games, talking them, communication, trusting each other. So it doesn't matter. To, to me, the O-line doesn't matter really where they come from, but more the makeup of the kids, the toughness, the grit, the ability to communicate. Because, uh, again, every team you got five starters, 32 teams. Not everybody's going to be a first-round pick right. or a talented kid. Right. So those meat and potato guys that can get every ounce of talent out of themselves to, to, to play at the next level that you're looking for. Yeah.
0: Hot topic this year, the kickoff. NFL's going to do something. It's currently a dead play. It's yeah. pointless. Just put it to 25 yeah. the way it's gone. What would you do?
2: Yeah, I, I think they're looking at the XFL um, – Rule, which again, yeah. is that what you would do? Is, it interesting? is that what you would do? Yeah, I don't want it to completely leave the game. Like, no, I still, it was an important part of the. It's a, it's a, part of the game that I enjoyed and it's exciting. So we just put Devin Hester in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, exactly. Right. I yeah. don't want it to leave the right. game. Yeah. I don't want because now when we're looking at special teams guys, you're keeping guys for punt and punt return. Yeah. You know, so on your fifty-three man roster, you guys have a guy that plays ten snaps a game. Right. Where you know if the kickoff return is you know comes back into play and it's an important part of the game or at least a meaningful part of the game. You know, I think it would help, and I think it's exciting for the fans.
1: Yeah, it is. We're 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 fans of the XFL rule. I mean, we would rather have that, right, than anything else. A lot of people in the NFL don't want it. A lot of the football people don't want it. I feel like the league
0: office does want it. But anything that actually causes it to be a play to again be a return. is yeah. fine
2: with me. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. I'm with you. I support that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yep. Joe? Joe's got
1: to go to the podium.
2: Joe's got to go to the podium. He's got other
0: people to talk to I was here. tempted. I was tempted to like see if we could push it, like how far. <laughs> no, like if yeah, your gas yeah, tank's getting do down that. on E, like how people, far okay. you can do it. You're yeah, down but in West bet, Virginia But by you don't yourself. have a jacket like okay. that. No,
1: I don't, but, you know, I Man, know Joe. and yeah, he lives no, close I got a guy jacket. that I know that used to play quarterback for the Giants. yeah, yeah. Jeff Hostetler? Jeff Hostetler? Joe, thank you. Yeah, thanks for being back with more from the combine
0: right after this. All right, guys. Appreciate you, our coverage of the 2024 Scouting Combine continues here from Indianapolis. Joining us now, the brand new head brand coach new. of the Tennessee Titans via the Cincinnati Bengals. He is Brian Callahan. Brian, congratulations on the new job. Welcome.
3: Thank you very much. Good to be here. Good, good, Where's good. your
0: Titans gear?
3: Oh, I, I've always been a non logo guy. At the oh, Combine. he's not a lo- logo. <laughs> well, you know, he's got a lot of money now. So he's yeah. like, I'll buy designer stuff. I don't need this Titans stuff. This is, just my, yeah, this is my, my grace. I stay, try
1: to stay. Incognito. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's the way to do it. You don't want to walk down the street. All right. So, I mean, the process, yep. right? You know, I, I, you're, you're taking interviews. I know you did a little last year, yep. right? But this year, kind of just take us through what yeah. went down, how it all shook out with the Titans here.
3: Yeah, it was great. I, I, I had, it happened so fast. It did. Right. Um, I had four interviews with, with a couple of teams on Zoom, that kind of first round. Yeah. Uh, and then I had three, three set up, including the Titans, uh, for the following week when we were allowed to interview. Um, but I had a kind of an immediate connection with, with Rand, Carthon, uh, and, and, and Amy. Um, just everything about the building felt great. Yeah. It was a place that I felt like I wanted to be. And then when I got there in person uh, that Monday, uh, it confirmed all the things that I felt. And so it happened really fast. I wanted them. They wanted me. And, uh, and it worked out Great. You got a young, talented quarterback, yep. right, Will Levis. I mean, I think we were all severely impressed. I Exceeded my
1: expectations yeah. coming out in the draft. What do you take from, you know, your burrow tutelage and everything you went with him and him being a superstar and, you know, apply this to Will Levis
3: now? I've been fortunate to be around a lot of good quarterbacks. Yeah. And so to have the ability to take all those experiences and try to help Will. Uh, but I think the most important part for, for Will is that he just is Will. Yeah. And, and – I can use a lot of things to help and, and offer advice and things that other guys have done, but ultimately it's going to be what, what he's most comfortable with and what he does the best. Um, but, man, he's, he's competitive, he's tough, he's talented. Uh, I'm excited to work with him. Yeah, what, like, d- yeah? when you watched film of him, well, what kind of popped to you? Where you were you like, oh, man? You see his intensity and his energy. Right. Um, I think he really wants to be a great player. Uh, he plays really hard. I, I think you felt that team buy into his, yeah. um, his demeanor, his style. Uh-oh. over the course of the second half of the season. And, um, and he's got talent on top of it. Right. I mean, he's got a great – he's got great feet. He's a great athlete. Uh, his release is really quick. He, he's accurate. He's got things to improve on, but um, they're all things that are very improvable. Yeah.
0: Brian, one of the issues last year with him, though, was he was a little too energetic. He did a little too much. Mike Vrabel had to try to reel it in a little bit. How do you strike that balance? You come up from a place where the quarterback's been injured yeah. a few times. How do you keep a guy active – when it comes to possibly taking off down the field
3: but also find a way to keep him healthy be smart you know i think it's it's important for for quarterbacks he's he's a young player hasn't played a lot yet but he has to understand that the the franchise rides on his shoulders too and so uh, for everyone to have success he has to be available and has to be playing and so there's a time and a place to be smart about what you where you put your body at risk when it's 3rd and 10 to win a game and you got to go dive to get a first down or put your shoulder down then that's probably the place for it but Uh, first and 10 in the first quarter uh, you can probably get get down or get out of bounds maybe throw it (laughs) away even yeah
1: (laughs) I hear that you you will you go through the process of you know teaching Will Levis through Joe Burrow a little bit like will you hit
3: those cut-ups and you'll use that to to kind of tutelage in in the the new offense that'll be the starting point yeah yeah and and you hope that pretty quickly as as you get through OTAs you're using a lot more of your own film uh, as you get in the training camp but yeah that's a starting point obviously five years of experience there with that offense and um, we still got to figure out what we're good at, too. And, and it's, we're going to look a little different than Cincinnati probably when it's all said and Okay,
1: done. that's what I wanted to ask you. That was yeah. my next question. Wait, thank you for leading me there. It, a, your offensive style.
3: How would you How would you kind of, you know, say that out loud to all of us in our viewers? Yeah, I think that it, ultimately one of the things that Tennessee's been known for over the, its tenure in Nashville has been a toughness and a physicality yeah, that running the ball. Um, has been part of it. And we'll still do that. Obviously, yeah. I, have a, I have a line coach that... Uh, likes to be physical around the football. Yeah, um, right. Dad's there. Yeah, but I think there's in today's game, you have to be able to pass the ball effectively. Um, you have to have a balance between a, a vertical threat game and, and being able to have that controlled, patient passing game, which is, I think, one of the things we did really well in Cincinnati. Uh, but But there's a mix, and I think ultimately when you're talking about good offenses – this, in this league, the best ones throw the ball really well, and so we're trying to get to that point. So
1: it'll look Cincinnati-ish, but you're going
3: to have your own spin on it. We it's, will have our own spin. Yeah, and we'll, yeah. we'll have what – you know, we have different players than we had in Cincinnati, yeah, right. so we, we have to find ways uh, to put those guys in a good spot and, and let them have success. Right. On that point,
0: I heard something last night, and I decided to file away because I knew I was going to be talking to you today. Derrick Henry, yeah, is he part of the future for the Tennessee Titans as he prepares to become a free agent?
3: Yeah, he is a free agent. Um, he's going to probably go through that process. We're still getting through all the free agency plan and process we're going to have. Um, but as I've said before, I, I've, I'm not against good players. Uh, he fits any offense, I think, in the league. Uh, he's been a fantastic face of the Titans for, for a long time now. and so. Uh, if there's something that we can work out, I certainly am open to, to that possibility. Obviously, it's a two-way street as well. So. You
0: want to give him the chance to see what else is out there, though, before yeah, you would I get think, into
3: it. I think he feels that it's probably where he's headed to start, and then, um, but we'll have those conversations as we move forward. Um, he'll be he'll be in the loop, and we'll have we'll talk to him as it as it opens up and get started. You you brought up your father. I, I want to ask you about it. I
1: mean, I, you know, I don't know if everybody knows, that your dad is, in my opinion, him. Steve Skarniecki are like the best offensive lineman coaches the last 20 years. When you got the job, were you like, no doubt I want dad? Or is there thinking like, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's not a good look if I bring dad in on the coaching staff. Like, how do you kind of, you know, juggle that in your brain? That's an
3: interesting question because he he was actually, the year before, as I was in the interview process, we had sort of come to the agreement that that we wouldn't go down that road. (laughs) He he loved being in Cleveland. He loved working for Kevin Stefanski. He loved uh, his room there, those linemen there. And so – uh, that wasn't on the cards that first time around and so the way it worked out this time is I think he just it became much more real in the moment and as I'm going for the press conference and he's watching me on TV I think he had a moment where he's like you know I, I think I would like to do this and, oh. and we had had conversations but I just had assumed to start that what he said last, what he year, said last was what year was – held up yeah and, right uh, and and I said obviously I'd love to have you if you if you want to do this but there's a dynamic there that you have to be mindful of and, and we had to talk through all the you know, Possibilities and ups and downs, and because that's the way pro football. I'm is. the boss yeah. now, Dad. You yeah. can't
4: be
1: telling me things like you're the boss. I'm the boss. I'll say this: there's nobody bossing
3: him around, um, which is a good thing. He's, yeah. he's he's as good at he's as good at his job as anybody in football. But it's been a dream come true for me to be able to work with my dad. Can, and can, can you? Can
1: you? Like you must yeah. like. What's the first thing you can't wait to say to your dad? You want to like you know, throw some four letter words at him at <laughs> no. practice? Like, hey, Dad, no. what the hell are you doing? No, I. I you know that the cool part is.
3: We get along really, really well, right. so our day-to-day process is, is really fun. Um, you know, I get to go have a cup of coffee with them in the morning, and I'll talk about what i got going on for the day and where we need to go offensively, and uh, we talk about all the nitty-gritty things that line coaches like to talk about. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's, it's been awesome. I've really enjoyed That's every awesome. second of it. Yeah, uh, good for you, man. What drew you to the family business to make you want to do what your dad does? That's a good question. I, I just n- never knew any different um, when I finished playing, I knew I wanted to be, and I was not a good football player. I was very average, but um, on a good day, I just knew I wanted to be around football because I just, I've been around it my whole life. And I GA'd at UCLA for two years. And at the end of that, I, I was going to decide if I wanted to continue coaching or go a different direction. Right. Um, and I just decided that I really got, I got bit by the bug. I, I loved it. I love the relationships. I love working with players. I love um, the chess match, the schematics, all those things appealed to me uh, and really enjoyed it. And so I said, you know, I think this is what I'm going to do. And I told my mom, and she was about ready to disown me, but uh, it's worked out.
0: <laughs> You're selling yourself short, too. Average quarterbacks don't play at UCLA. Yeah, right. They play at yeah. Texas, yeah. <laughs> not at UCLA. Yeah. So, I was a walk-on. See what I deal with? Yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know, I get it.
1: I mean, geez, this guy over here. Some. Um, some, yeah. do. Uh, uh, he, uh He flustered me now. But um, <laughs> when, you look, when, you, when you do look at your team, right, and, and you guys are kind of, I don't want to say rebuild, but you got to retool a little bit. Is there one specific area you look at to go, this has got to improve right here?
3: I think we, need to, we just need to keep adding as many good players as we can add, whether it's in free agency or the draft. Mm-hmm. Try to up the competition at every position uh, and add guys that can help us score points. I mean, yeah. obviously it's been a thing that, yeah. that you have to score points w- in the NFL, right. and there hasn't been enough of those. And so um, that's my job to do that. And I think I'm really excited about Denard Wilson, our defensive coordinator, and the staff that we put together on defense. I think they're going to do a great job. Uh, They got great energy, great personality, but uh, the more good players we can add, the better. I think it's it's been a competitive team for a long time. Uh, You know, I think they lost seven one score games last year, so it's not like they're far away from being competitive. We just got to keep adding to it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Last thing, I know you got to go, but I got to ask you this, just because I'm a fan. We're all a fan of the guy. I mean, Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. What's something that we don't know about Joe that makes him so great or, or the guy he is?
3: Oh, he's – I love everything about him. Yeah. As, uh, so do I. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the cool thing about Joe is he is everything that you see him as. There's no pretense. Yeah, right. Um, he's Nobody very has, genuine. He's yeah. very genuine. What he is, is off, he's authentic to who he is as a person, and he's like that all the time. Right. Um, and then one of, the, one of the things that he has that I don't think anybody has is he's got this incredible uh, spatial awareness of what's happening on the field. I've right. never seen anybody like it. Yeah. Uh, who just can feel and know and see in the moment. Uh, exactly. I call him a slippery
1: happening. son of a bitch all yeah, the time. He moves. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. But he does. Yeah. yeah. But
3: he's, I mean, I love everything about him. Obviously, I'm, I'm sitting here uh, largely because of how he's played. And, um, you know, that, that's not lost on me. And I'm, I'm very thankful for my time with him.
0: And what else he does, too, that impresses us when it's playoff time, he accesses a higher level. Real quickly, when you get to a playoff game and you get to overtime and you win the coin toss, are you taking the ball or are you kicking it? <laughs>
3: I mean, obviously, the, everything would say right now that you'd uh, you'd kick, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I can't say that that would be my answer right. three weeks ago. Yeah,
1: so. right. I hear you. No, it's yeah. a tough. It's a it's a legitimate question. Yeah, and I, 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 everything
3: yeah. would say odds wise that it's it's negligible probably at the end of the day, but. Um, it put a spotlight on, on how you approach that. And yeah, We'll all be having those conversations yes. all off season. I'm Quarterback sure. on Absolutely. the other side, I think, has a, a big yeah, say in true. that, too, Sure right? does. Oh, yeah. it's Mahomes' team? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll kick it.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure <laughs> right, does. Right. Hey, Ryan,
0: congratulations again. Thank it's great to much, talk dude. to you. We hope to talk to you again real soon. We can't wait to see what the Titans do this year. Awesome. Thank you for Good having me. We'll be back with Good more bye. from the Combine right after this. It. We continue from the 2024 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Joining us now, the brand-spanking-new general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers, ooh, Joe ooh, Ortiz. Ooh, ooh, ooh. How does that sound to you when you hear somebody say the general manager of the Los Angeles Chargers?
5: Um, you know, I don't really give it much thought in all honesty. Um, it's cool, I guess. I mean, it's like it's what you work for, but uh, it probably sounds more exciting to my family. <laughs> and You know, I think that's what makes it exciting for me, you know, how proud my family is, yeah. my parents, my wife, and my kids, you know, like. I get texts from Jennifer, my wife, all the time. You know that the boys heard this and saw that. So, um, wow, the checks are bigger, honey. Yeah, (laughs) no, no, it just and it's (laughs) it's better now when the team is zero and zero. Sure, Sure it is. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You know,
1: you you um, how long has this been brewing with Harbaugh? You know, how long have you known? jim i mean obviously you knew john yeah right we all kind of felt like maybe this was going to go to somebody that jim knew yeah so you know how long has this been in the work chair? uh it's
5: i mean it's i mean i guess if you know the plan was in place the day we met i guess you know i don't know I, I um jim i knew i actually knew jim before john he was our quarterback in baltimore my first year there and uh he beat me up on the racquetball court a couple times and, <laughs> but i got to know him through john um but it was just through a conversation. Jim's always been on my list, along with some other coaches, yeah. uh, you know, that I, I really would have wanted to work with. Right. And, uh, and obviously, you know, you know he felt the same way about me uh, through the process, year in year out. So I think we've always talked about the possibility of working together if he ever came back into the league and if I ever got a GM job. You know, I've always, when I've interviewed elsewhere, I've he's been at the top of my list. Yeah. You know, so.
1: So that call happened pretty quick once he got hired, or? Uh, no, they interviewed us, like. Separately. Yeah, separately. Yeah, so yeah. they were
5: kind of working about down both paths, and I think we both identified ourselves as the two guys, and I think the connection right. makes it, it sense. really easy. Right, you know, right. So, yeah. Um,
0: you mentioned something that we always talk about that general managers scout players and they scout coaches. Yeah. That all your time that you spend scouting, you're paying attention to who are the coaches that I think I could work with. And there's a misconception I believe about Jim Harbaugh dating back to some of the stuff that happened with the 49ers. He's right. hard to get along with. I say baloney. He's competitive. Yes. He's a coach. Right. He wants to
5: win. Right. If you got a problem getting along with a guy who wants to win, you got the problem. the problem. You're the problem. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. Like That's what we do this for, right? We're we're in this business to win football games and and to build a winner and build a consistent winner. And if you're not – if you have a problem with somebody's way of doing it, I mean, just he's competitive and he's curious and he's going to ask questions and he's going to challenge, but that's what leaders do. And he's going to win. Yeah, and he's going to win, but that's what leaders do, you know, like – they're trying to get the best out of everybody, and that's what he does. And I'm fired up about it. Don't know? let the powder blue fool you. Don't let it. They got to put that on a T-shirt and right. sell it. I would buy one. Because yeah. he said that in his in his introductory press conference. Press conference. Yeah. Don't yeah. let the
1: powder blue fool you. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. What you you come from the Ravens? We know the culture. It's yeah. special there. Yeah. What is the culture? What is it? What are you going to instill into the Chargers? What is it all about? Like a theme that it, you kind of you know? I think by?
5: I think if you listen to, to Jim and uh, and John, they, I think they both learned it in the culture and the environment they grew up in, yeah, you know. Okay. And, but it is about the team, the team, the team. That is true. And, uh, and you know, I've been uh, – it was with John for 16 years, and you felt that. And that just permeates through the building. It's not just the 53. It's the whole building. And uh, and you feel it. Um, you, everyone's involved. Everyone's pushing in the right direction. And, and it's to win. So, you know, certainly you want mentality and, and a toughness. You know, we that is the goal. We want a tough, physical team. Yeah, and sure. That's what we want to build and we want the guys to, like, relish in being that that's what um, we expect yeah you being from baltimore right. to harbaugh yeah, it better yeah. be tough we're gonna, now, <laughs> yeah. right? oh, we're, gonna, we're gonna play defense too oh, now we right we're gonna play defense too you know okay um so uh you know but no it's just it's really a team it's really about the team caring about one another and it, pushing each other to be great
1: what's what's like you know one, you know we see harbaugh he's kind of uncomfortable in interviews yeah. right he wears the khakis every yeah. day and does all that uh What's something that you know you were surprised to learn, or something we don't know about him that, that you think people would find interesting? You know, he's very,
5: he's just he's very curious. Like he is, he is very attentive and curious. He listens. He's a great listener, um, and he thinks fast. Yeah, you know, and, and he goes, you know, right. and uh, but he's always the energy is awesome. And uh, but he really does listen, hears you. And then has a good question, and, and you know, hey, well, what if we did it this way? The right. curiosity is yeah. great, you know. Okay. And so makes you think, you know, and so it's a lot of fun. Right. He and John seem to be a
0: lot of like, gets back to what we were talking about. You got a winner, yes. you find a way to work with him and coexist with him, not right. run him off. What's the biggest way the two guys are different?
5: I'll probably need time. Uh, I'll probably need time to really assess that and give you a good answer. Um, you know, I think Jim's probably got a, just a little bit more. Energy And again, it's because he's new and I'm new. So maybe we're just feeding off of each other's energy because John's energetic as well, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, you just uh, you definitely feel like a, he walks in the building and he's just like ready to go. And, and John is the same way. But Attack the day with yeah, an enthusiasm that, unknown it, to mankind. You know, so <laughs> the gym has maybe a little bit more. You know, that's probably <laughs> yeah. like the little difference I'd say right now. But. Um, as I get to know him and work with him on a daily basis, I'll probably be able to go in more depth on that right? if right. I want to. Doesn't it stink to
0: take a job as a GM and – and already have a quarterback and you don't have to go find one. Isn't that horrible?
5: I mean, not having to deal with that anxiety (laughs) and pressure is a really difficult thing. Uh, It's an awesome, awesome (laughs) opportunity. I mean, like I said, in my opening press conference, I got a quarterback, I got a head coach and I got a great general man or great uh, ownership. It's a a great, it's a a great (laughs) situation for a general manager to be walking into. It's like, you know, ownership, supportive, extremely supportive, you know, back in, you know, helped Jim put together a great staff. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's just,
1: it's an awesome, awesome opportunity for a general manager to walk into. How much do you focus on in-division competition, right? You know, like, you know, I know I grew up in the 80s, and, you know, it was your buddy Ryan and the Eagles were worried about the 80s, yeah. you know, the Giants right. and all that. Right. Are, you, are you one to build in, like, You know, just hey, we're going to make our best team, or do you look at a Kansas City and Mahomes and go, wait, we got to do this to
5: get out of the
3: division?
1: Yeah, you got to, you got to, I mean, you got to,
5: the best way to get to the playoffs is to win the division, certainly, right? So you want to build a team, but there's multiple ways to do that, I think. You know, so I don't think you like pigeonhole yourself and we got to do it this way, right? Um, But we know, you know, I know, I grew up watching that same division, you know, and. Rooting for a different team, you know, but you know, who I, are you rooting for? I may have been a Philly fan. Oh, you know, god, you're one of those, so, yeah. I might have been <laughs> so, um, you know, but like, yeah, like every year it's it was it's a battle, and right. you gotta win the guarantee to the playoffs is to win the division, so yeah, you gotta pay attention to what they're
1: doing, and you gotta beat them. Are you like aware of like the phrase like the Chargers charging, right? Do You it, embrace that? How do you? How do you kick no, the, I don't embrace anything. All right, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but um, it's a thing out there, right? With the it's injuries, always something. Yeah. It's always goals, something. whatever. Yeah,
5: I've heard that about a lot of teams. Um, Are you you know, using the motivation yeah. at all? You know, certainly, yeah, certainly. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right. you know, do, if people say that about you, turn the turn the page. You know, turn the tide. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, we're not going to stand for that. You know, like that's and that's the mentality that we're going to build, and that's what Jim's going to build. He's already bringing it. You yeah, know, like, so. right. Um, yeah, no, it's, I've, I guess I've heard it, but I've heard it on other teams, too, and prove them wrong. Yeah, you know, right. We'll
1: come prove you wrong. F you on the charge,
5: I yeah, think, is what yeah, he You are yeah, yeah, yeah. talking <laughs> about how you build a team, though, to
0: compete within the division. you got to deal with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes sure. twice a year. Sure. Is it better to try to come up with a defense that can slow him down, or is it better to come up with an offense that can outscore him?
5: Yeah, that's probably the things you talk about daily and then year in, year out, you know. I think you have to be able to do both, really. I mean, like, you got to be able to slow him down. And, you, you know, because you watch him, he's got the ball late in the game. He has the utmost confidence that he's going to go win it. So you got to do both. You got to slow him down to outscore him, I think, you know. So I think you build a balanced team. You try to build the best defense you can and the best offense and let them complement each other and work together. What would you do about the hip drop tackle you
0: guys had in Baltimore? Mark Andrews suffered yeah. a serious injury this year on that. A lot of talk about
5: changing. What would you do with it? You know, I mean, I would like to see them address it to some degree because we, we witnessed Mark get hurt. You know, yeah. um, I'm not on the competition committee. I'm not, you know, in those meetings to hear the pros and cons. But I think it's certainly something that they have to explore and continue to talk about because you want to protect the players at all costs, especially if they're getting hurt. You know, from from a specific. Yeah, type no, of tackle, we're fans. You know? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. I think so it's got to go. Yeah, it's, it's it's it. You know, having experienced it and and watching market hurt, you know, it, it definitely. Gosh, is there a better way? Can we to to get a guy down a safer way to get a guy down? And that's the challenge. How yeah. do you
0: define it? Right. And what's the other way to
5: get a guy right. on the ground? Because you, know, you just got to get a guy on the ground. Right. It, especially if you're coming from behind. You know? And, you know, we we obviously got rid of the horse collar. This is you know evolved into the hip drop. You know, it's. The next, tech, next technique, you know, because at some point you're going to be chasing a player from behind. Right. Other than, you know, just saying, oh, touching off. You know, we're
1: not going to put flags on the back of them.
3: Yeah, so,
5: yeah, you know, no. we got to figure out a way. Yeah. Yeah, right.
1: Fifth overall pick, mm-hmm. right? You know, where, how do you kind of look at your team? I know you don't want to tell us who you're going to pick or anything like that, but where's the area of the team that you can kind of look at right now and go, oh, we definitely need to improve in this, this spot? Yeah, you know, so with the fifth overall pick, you're thinking like, all right, best. Really, is the best, best player, player available. you, can take. you, gotcha. know, you know, obviously right. we have a quarterback,
5: so you yeah, know, I don't want to get run out of town and take a quarterback five. <laughs> you know, I won't even make it to the opener. Um, but no, you take the best player available because you're never, ever one player away. You know, that's what Nazi told me a long time ago. And then you always have till you know the games don't start being played till September. So yeah. if you get a chance to take a special player at five, you take that player. And uh, and then you work from there, you know? And so.
1: It, I know. I, and, and like, so how do you balance it? I guess that's what I'm always intrigued yeah. by, right? Like, just let's just say receivers, yeah. right? Yeah. You got three sure. kind of good ones, yeah. you know, contracts right. and age are a little bit of the factor, right? right? But do you just go, whoa, wait, the best player available at five is a receiver, right. even though we have three good ones, right? right. So that's, I'm always interested in that well, juggling act. So, I there. mean,
5: that's the thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's building a team is managing a team. And it's, a, it's oh, it's the next year and the next year. So yeah. if you. You have to understand if you take a player, you create great depth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you talk about having older players. Well, what happens if one of those older players gets hurt? Get hurt right? For a couple of weeks. Or yeah. what if the younger players get hurt? You now you have somebody to jump right in there. Yeah. So you really don't want to pigeonhole yourself into one okay. position because uh man you know, we're weak at this position. I gotta address this. I don't think that's the smart way. That's not the way I was. Raised okay, that's to do interesting. It, yeah, know, that's so, cool to hear. Um because you do, you gotta have depth all around. I right. think the best teams can overcome injuries right you know and how do you build depth you're not afraid to add depth you yeah know? yeah so, yeah what's your favorite jim harbaugh saying uh, i do love that you know uh, an enthusiasm unknown to mankind i really do and now i don't know if that's a jim harbaugh saying i've heard it as a jack harbaugh <laughs> that's saying right. so it's plagiarizing. Um, You know, and i love the no who's got it better than us nobody i mean those are but the you know the attack the day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind is a great it's saying. just <laughs> such
0: a basic. You know, we get so caught up in analytics and X's and O's and numbers, but it's about pushing buttons on people to get them to want to try to do more than they're capable of doing. And Jim Harbaugh
5: can do it. Absolutely. 100%. He's proven to do it. He's, He's had success at every level he's been. He knows how to build winners. And so... And get people to win, and, and you enjoy winning while you're doing it. You
1: Biggest know? difference between John and Jim before we let you go? Anything I, it, there
5: that pops out? That's, it's hardest. I really, nothing. I mean, they're very similar. Yeah. Just probably little subtle differences. Right. There, there's not a huge, like, big difference. You know, it's just, um, I'll, I'll, at some point, I'll figure it out Yeah. as I get to work with them. But it's a little, there's just little things back and forth. Jim's know? glasses are bigger. Yeah. John. Yeah, yeah. John does a
0: better <laughs> job of keeping it all under control until somebody kicks the. The plug out of the light switch at halftime of the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Oh my that's when John yeah. loses. Yeah, <laughs> even right. when Jim kicked the light switch. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Joe Ortiz, know. thank you so much. Congratulations <laughs> on the new gig. Congrats. We'll have plenty Appreciate. more here from Indianapolis next. We continue here from Indianapolis, site of the twenty twenty four NFL Scouting Combine. Joining us now, the man of the week, the man that everybody oh, wants to know. Man of the man of the springtime. We, we are about to find out. Or are you going to tell not? us it all Pouls, right now. Bears GM Ryan, yeah. welcome back. How you doing? Go ahead. You want to lean it off? What? Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do with the first overall pick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed
6: to have, come here with a, a full uh, plan, and uh, it's not there yet. So, When will you know what you're going to do? It's hard to say right now. Um, you know, I've been through this process before, and you got to gather as much information as possible. Uh, it's definitely a unique situation with Justin, but also gathering information about the rookie class, um, that takes time and I think at the end of the day like we know with that position you got to know the person. Um, So we're going to spend time getting to know these guys here uh, this week and that will probably continue after this week as well.
0: And it's Groundhog Day for you because you did the same thing last year. How do you know when you know?
6: I think there's a little bit of instinct to it as well. Um, You have these boxes that need to be checked in terms of gathering information and, and good information and for me, it's always been a little bit of a gut instinct of, all right, it's time to pull the trigger. Let's let's roll with this. It feels right. Um, so I've always leaned on that.
1: What What is 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 time, right, a factor here? I mean, I know it is to a degree, but would yep. you rather come to this decision quicker than later? Does it affect the trade market, things like that, right?
6: Yeah, if you it know? was up to me and I could kind of fast-forward the information gathering and right. spend time with these guys and, and see them throw – Um, I'd be able to make a decision a lot faster. And, you know, in this whole process, what I don't want to be lost is I want to do right by Justin as well. He's living in this gray space of um, where do I stand? Yeah, And it's important for me to communicate with him and make sure that, you know, he gets clarity. Um, I think we all want clarity in in this uh, setup. Um, But at the same time, i got to do what's right for the Chicago Bears and put us in a situation that we can win championships and sustain success for a long period of time.
1: I, I keep coming back to the logic of like, wait, this guy was in Kansas City. He was there with this guy that, you know, they drafted number 15. You took a big swing and cut, right, to, to make a gutsy decision there. and How much does that play into your mind with this decision right here?
6: Yeah, you, you want to use history. You want to use past experiences right. as, as much as possible. Um, you can lean on, on that to help you make those really tough decisions. Um, but at the same time, they're all very unique yeah, in the sure. setup. So, um, But it's definitely important to kind of tap into some of those past experiences. Yeah,
0: gotcha. Did you have any inkling whatsoever last year when you made that trade that one of the things you're getting out of it is – The first overall pick next year. I mean, do you root against the Panthers all year long to try to get that first overall pick? Of course Maybe a little bit. (laughs) Lose, Uh, you guys. Lose. I'm not going to lie
6: to you. Uh, But, no, I never thought it would get to to this situation. The one thing you do learn um, is infrastructure to support a young quarterback. Um, That's important. Um, Again, that makes our situation a little bit unique in terms of we've been able to um, make progress in that area. Um, with improving the offensive line, improving the receivers, Um, Cole Komet's coming along really well too. So uh, that infrastructure is there for a quarterback to continue to grow or for a young quarterback to come in and and feel like he doesn't have to do everything on his own.
0: How much of a factor is it for you though when players like DJ Moore, the receiver that you got in last year's trade, is publicly saying he told us at the scouting combine, he said it again this week, Justin Fields is better than anybody else out there that they could potentially bring in. How much of that weighs on You know, this very vague process of figuring out the right
6: path. Yeah, you always, you know, tapped into your locker room and how they feel. Uh, That is important. Um, But I will also say it makes me proud of our culture in our locker room that those guys have their quarterbacks back. That's what you want. It'd be a little bit different if you were saying, yeah, go get somebody else. Um, So it makes me proud of the the culture that we do have. Um, But at the same time, that's what makes a GM's – job really difficult and unique is that you have to think about short term and long term and kind of put the whole puzzle together and see the big picture um but yeah I I love that those guys have their guys back do
1: you are we at a point here yet right I know you're not going to give us specifics but like teams are calling you already about the number one I mean a lot of calls you know what's that action like right now
6: it's it's Nothing crazy. Um, those conversations are kind of hitting the outer rings of, of my team. Right. Um, so I expect, you know, when we get rolling here this week that increase. some of those conversations will, will go up and we'll gather that. And as a team, we'll sit down, kind of put it at the, on the table and see what makes sense for us.
1: Like, a, yeah, like, a, like what do you think? Approximately, like, how many teams have reached out to you so far?
6: You it's been, it's hard to say. Right? It's hard There's to say? Couple, yeah.
1: Yeah, just yeah. a couple yeah. right now? Yeah. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. And it, so in, – in, if you can, like, dive into, like Mike was saying, you had the number one pick last year. Yeah. Is there a difference this year in the action, the chatter behind the scenes, uh, you know, compared to, to last year, and the, especially the quarterback class?
6: Um, it's similar going into this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's similar, but at the same time, it's nice to have gone through that last year. Um, I thought we had really good outcomes of it. Yeah. I thought our team got better. Definitely. Um, continue to add, add uh, players. Um, draft picks are always great, um, but they are just opportunities that you got to capitalize. you got to be right, uh, right for that to make sense, so we're aware of that as well. Yeah.
0: Does the value, in your estimation, change because of who the player is that is likely to be the first overall pick? Nothing against Bryce Young, mm-hmm. but the point that Caleb Williams, the widespread belief that this is generational and he's going to be a great talent, does that cause you to expect more than you got last year?
6: Uh, yeah, I think you got to put some of those things into the equation. Um, and look into the landscape and compare last year's players to this year's players um, in terms of their ceiling uh, for the information that you have right now.
0: Do you still want to stay in the top ten like you did last year if you would trade down? Does that make it more enticing to you?
6: Um, you know, we got to look at that as well. I talked about it last year. It really depends on, you know, how many of those top guys we have on our board um, that will dictate how comfortable we feel moving back. Um because there's that certain tier you know your blue chip guys that you want to make sure you get in a certain range um and sometimes there's a drop off Uh, you don't want to find yourself on the other side of that drop off um so we'll take you know the volume of those top players into the equation
0: do you feel greater pressure to hit this year on the picks you have because all of a sudden the nfc north is like murderer's row
6: yeah yeah um everyone's making progress which you love um Added pressure. I, I wouldn't say I feel added pressure, but you know, I see it as a really good opportunity to in, improve our team and, and get it where it needs to be. And kind of, there's a vision coming into this thing, and um, some of these opportunities have, have accelerated that whole deal. So uh, we'll look to capitalize on this.
1: How, how often are you in contact with you know Justin Fields right now and this situation? Like you already alluded to, it. it's, it's yeah. a tough spot for him, certainly, Very tough. Yeah. right? So, have you had personal conversations? Do you kind yeah. of keep them up to date on a regular basis? Him and his camp?
6: Yeah. So when we had exit meetings, uh, Flusse and I, we had that conversation. I had that conversation with him just in terms of what to expect as we move forward. Uh, it's a unique situation. Yeah. He understood that. He understands it's a, it's a, it's a business. Yeah. Um, so we, we have that communication there, and I've been in communication with, with their team, um, and we'll continue to do that, um, so I can give him as much clarity as possible because. I do want to do right by him in yeah. whatever way we go.
1: Right. I mean, he seems respected by the team, like Mike was kind of talking about, right? There's no doubt. You know, there's definitely growth in the player we yes. saw this year. Yes. Right? Yep. Is there an area that you look at that you, you know, whether he's your quarterback or not, that you go, I uh, just, you know, impre- he's got to improve in this area. Anything that jumps out to you in that standpoint?
6: Um, I would just say just continue to be efficient as a as a passer. right Um, I thought you saw some growth with his ability obviously we all know he can make plays with his legs no doubt Um, I thought you saw him extend plays and keep his eyes up and start to, to make plays down the field with his arm. Um, I thought he protected his body a lot better yeah, this year. Right, he did. Um, but then continue to, to improve from the pocket, um, continue to improve in those two minute situations. Yeah. Because yeah. um, if we want to be a championship caliber team, those, those two minute situations are, are absolutely critical.
1: Right. Like that guy you just came from in Kansas City. Yeah. yeah. How about that? He's yeah. kind of good in those yeah. situations. When Justin
0: Fields was injured last year, Tyson Bajan comes in as a mm-hmm. rookie and does a pretty good job. Yes. Surprised a lot of people. How surprised were you by what he ultimately did when it was time for him to go play? Not
6: surprised at all. It didn't surprise anyone. What did you
0: see in him that made you think he was going to be that kid? Poise.
6: Young? Poise. Uh, for a kid that came from a D2 background, um, from day one uh, walking in, there was a calmness about him and the way that he executed. He's got a little, like, uh, something cool about the way that he moves and communicates with his guys um, that you respect. And uh, Did you see that
0: in his college tape, or you didn't find that out till he came in?
6: Um, you saw a little bit of it and obviously he was very very productive um, but I was actually really surprised just when all the vets show up and I mean that guy was like real cool and the way that he operated and learned fast uh, but he's got a really good way about him and we expect him to, to keep growing as well
1: you you made uh, and and I know you got to go here but I, one thing I am interested in is, is like, you know, you guys made some big moves. You traded for Montez Sweat, yeah. right? Got a pass rusher. Your team seems like it really turned the corner in a lot yeah. of ways. Mike will tell you, I was the fanboy towards the end of the year, just yeah. the way the defense was playing, the deals and stuff like that, right? I, it was I, disgusting. I was picking you guys every week, and he's like, What the hell? You're picking the Bears again? I was like, yeah. You watch, they're going to beat Minnesota tonight. You're right yeah. about right? that. One, so, but how do you balance, you know, okay, quarterback player. But I could trade down, and whoa, we could make the team yeah. that much better too. Yeah, you know how you know, take us inside that a little bit.
6: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard to take you inside yeah. that. It's very complicated. Keeps <laughs> yeah. me up late at night to get yeah. all the different <laughs> scenarios. Um, again, I'll just lean on the fact that it's a it's a really good opportunity to keep building what we're building, um, regardless if that's a uh, from a quarterback standpoint. Um, or if that's trading back, or just picking where we sit right now. I yeah. know that we can continue to get better, and um, I want to be a playoff team next year and um, keep moving this needle, so you know we can reach that 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 big game at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I want to ask you
0: one more. Mm-hmm. You get the email on Friday, you open it up, and it says 255.4. Yeah. How surprised were you? I was no surprised. What did you expect it to be? Uh,
6: 48, 50. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah.
6: Others thought it was, was going to low be low. 40s, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: How much is it going to affect? Because you already got a lot of cap space anyway, so yeah. it's not a huge impact,
6: right? Um, I mean, it, it impacts you in terms of, of your spending. I know for other teams that might have been hovering right at that line, it probably was a, a big deal for them, um, and that alters some plans.
0: All right. Well, Ryan. Whenever you know what I'll, you're going to do, let, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. First and ninth overall You can overall trust us. Picks. We won't tell anybody. They right. got a lot of money. We won't money. tell everybody. I'll this is you.
1: the man of the next six weeks right here. Ryan, congratulations. Yep.
0: And hey, who knows, maybe you get the first overall pick again next year yeah. with the pick that you, you acquire in a trade this year. We'll see we'll how see. it plays out. We'll be back with more from the Scouting Combine next. Continuing our coverage of all things NFL from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Joining us now, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, he is Zach Taylor. Zach, welcome back.
4: Thanks for having me, fellas. Thanks Zach. for doing it.
1: Yeah, good. It's good. He got here. I mean, the room cleared out. He finally got here. I mean, you know, he, I think he's practically late every year for this, so he doesn't have to deal with the whole media rush. I was just giving him a hard time before we came I'll line. take all the
4: credit I can get. <laughs> okay.
1: Sounds good. It's good coaching. How's the offseason
0: going so far?
4: So far, so good. A little longer than we had hoped for, but... We're trying to make the most of it. We've had some new hires we've we brought in the building, and so everyone's getting settled.
1: Do you, when you watch playoff football, do you get like invested, root anything, or do you just kind of? It's just it's
4: hard to watch, you know, because the last two years we we've been in those games, and I'm walking through the airport on the way to somewhere, and they're announcing the score of the Bills-Chiefs game. The security guy is, I'm thinking, you know, that's That's, I want our score to be announced. Yeah, yeah, and and so. Uh, it's hard to watch, but, again, that's we, we love watching the games. We watched all of them.
0: After having a year that finished with a Super Bowl appearance and then a year that ended with an AFC
4: championship appearance,
0: this year no postseason, how different is that just from the standpoint of what you have time to do and refocus and prepare for the season to come?
4: I mean, there's there's several more weeks in January than we've had in the years past. Um, you know, we, we did have movement on our coaching staff, so there was a lot of interviews that had to take place. So we were in a position to be able to do that and, and make the right hires. Um but it does put things in perspective. It's hard to get back there. It's hard to get to the playoffs. It's hard to get to the top. And we got a lot of work to do to be able to get ourselves back in that position. Got a lot of work to do, but, like, you should feel a little proud. Like, at least I said here,
1: I mean, you lost Joe Burrow and – you guys kind of stayed in the right race there. I mean, there's got to be a little bit of a silver lining there with how your football team played and fought towards the end of the year. I, I think
4: that's that's the great point. Is we found out a lot about the team. Right things I thought already knew, but but man, these guys will compete. Um, but also disappointed that you know we didn't get to keep playing in the. In the Into January, and so those are things that we expect to do. But So there's things to be proud of, but also things to be disappointed about as well.
1: Did it feel – it felt like us. I mean, you know, we talk about you guys in football every day. It felt like it was like, oh, here's the Bengals sleepwalking in September again a little bit. But, like, did it feel like to you guys in the locker room that you were kind of starting to get it right as the the burrow injury happened?
4: Yeah, It did. You know, we went on the road to San Francisco and hosted Buffalo in a big Sunday night game. Right. um, and then and then turned around and played Baltimore and had the injury happen. So we felt like we were playing good football. Um, took a little lull there, but then got back, one three in December, put ourselves back in contention, and then just couldn't close it out. Yeah.
0: You played the Chiefs on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. after they had had a not-too-good game against the Raiders. When you studied that and knew you were getting them in the aftermath of that, I mean, were you thinking we're getting a team that you know, isn't the Chiefs that we're used to. No. no
4: <laughs> nah, you couldn't allow yourself to think like that or see that. You still see the same faces on the other side. Chris Jones, Kelsey, Mahomes, all the same great coaches they've had. So there's a lot of guys we respect there. Uh, it's always a battle. Um, the game came down like it always does the last couple minutes of the game, and we weren't able to pull it out. You feel better right now? You know, with T. Higgins tied up, that's like
1: stress leave. Like, Usa, you're good for right now? I, I
4: wasn't too stressed about not having T. next year. So, uh, you know, internally when you get to have the conversations, there wasn't a whole lot for me to stress about. But um, he's a huge part of what we do. He, he works his tail off to put himself in a position to be where he's at. And and so, again, he's he's needs to be a part of what we're doing.
1: What about your, your, your QB, Burrow, right? I mean – where where's he at right now? Like, you think he's gonna have a full off season and, and he's everything progressing. There? You know, yeah. one thing
4: I've learned in, in six years of doing this job is is when it comes to the injuries, don't don't throw deadlines on it. Yeah. But uh, he's progressing as well as everyone could hope. Right. Um, we have high expectations. Um, the hope is that he'll be involved in the off season program, be able to do as much as as possible, and then we'll be ready to go for the season. Does it feel like it's been six years? You said six years, and I'm like, holy crap, it's been six years. Uh. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it's like, man, it's flown by. You know, just seeing pictures of my kids, I think, at my opening press conference, bright. to bright. where they're at now and six years of, of childhood, it's, yeah. that puts things in perspective for me of where we were in life and where we are now and um, things that we've achieved and things we have yet to achieve. So there, there's still a lot there to, to go after. we to we'll go back to the receiver position
0: because you've got a quarterback who's got market value contract, You've got one receiver, Jamar Chase, who's going to expect after Justin Jefferson gets his contract, whenever that may happen, a market value contract. You've got T. Higgins now with the franchise. How do you philosophically – because there was a time when I remember it well, like the Cardinals. Well, we can't pay both Anquan Bolton and Larry Fitzgerald. We've got to pick one or the other. How do you allocate cap dollars for those three spots on the roster – and keep everybody else happy and have a good enough team around them.
4: So maybe we should be quiet and listen to Duke's press conference. Maybe he's <laughs> answering that right now. So that's that's the time of year where Duke gets to take on those questions. And uh, obviously what I love about being with the Bengals is everybody's involved and everyone gets to hear it and everybody has have opinions. But at the end of the day, those are the decisions um, that they have been working on diligently. They've seen what type of talent's in the building. They brought it there, how to figure it all out, and let us coach these guys as best we can. And um, So, again, it's been a very collaborative process that I, I appreciate being a part of.
1: You you, um, – I'm interested in, you know, a little bit more of a philosophical question, right, about the league in general, mm-hmm. right? Is there a trend or a trend that's coming right now in the NFL or that is here already and maybe I don't even know about that you find, like, is kind of fascinating about the league right now maybe compared to six, seven, eight years ago?
4: I, I think – Six, seven years ago, the way some of these motions have evolved okay. offensively right. and now how the defense is reacting to it, yeah. and, and they'll probably start to phase out. And then these motions were probably here 20 years ago. I just didn't know about it. I didn't watch pro football back right. then, right. and now they're, they're coming back in. So um, I, I just think there's things like that that have evolved, that people have stolen, studied, defense have done the same thing. They'll phase out, then they'll pop back in you know, a decade later. And
1: do you find yourself like, you know, I mean, how much do you get influenced by that, you know? Because people like me sometimes yeah. are sitting there going, I wish the Bengals motioned more, right, after I watch you play a certain team sure. or whatever, right? So, yeah, how do you kind of balance, you know, doing some of that stuff but also keeping what you want to do? You want to make sure play. it's
4: worthwhile. Yeah, You know, right. don't gotcha. just motion, just emotion, because people tell you you got emotion, yeah, yeah, you know, and so right. you want to gain information from it. You want to gain leverage. You want to give the quarterback information. You want to give the receivers releases You want to be able to to find some tools to see what the defense is doing to make our audibles and things like that. So we want to know, before we we put one in, we want to know what is this actually giving us. Yeah. Um, And sometimes it's just a way to cover up a formation. But uh, we put a lot of time and effort to make sure we're doing it the right way.
0: Postseason overtime. Obviously, the Bills-Chiefs game from a couple of years ago sparked the change, but you played in the last postseason overtime game under the old rules Mm -hmm. against the Chiefs. Wow. And the Chiefs got the ball first. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs weren't able to score a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes throws an interception to win the game. And I say all that, just I'm curious, from your perspective, postseason overtime, yeah. you win the coin toss. Do you already have a decision as to what you're going to do if you win the coin toss? So
4: I, We have a general decision, yes. Uh, but as soon as that happened, I did go through my notes from the previous year. We played Baltimore, Buffalo, and Kansas City. Had these conversations before every game, Saturday wow. morning. Mm. And... And I had written, we'd written in great detail the whys and the whys nots of doing each.
0: So it changes for every opponent. It right? changes.
4: It, it it can constantly change. And and so again, I, I can't speak to the decisions that were made in the Super Bowl because there's a lot of thought that goes into that. There's a lot of support you could make behind each one, and it's not as just clean cut as some people said to me. Well, college, this is what they do in college. Well, in college, there, it doesn't ever turn into sudden death. Yeah. So that's a whole different element that you got to consider. And so it really, it really, the, the weather, the team. Um, there's a lot of things I think that play into that equation. And
0: yeah. you wouldn't make a final decision based upon what you're saying until it's time.
4: You, you have to sit. I couldn't tell you right now. Next postseason, this is our decision. Right. Um, I could maybe tell you where I'd lean right now, but but that would be an in-depth decision with our coordinators and our and our analytics people.
1: Are you? A, I've asked a few AFC coaches this, especially today, right? Because there's, you know, the AFC West coaches dealing with the Chiefs, Mahomes, all that. Are you a little bit more, did the Bengals go, hey, let's worry about the AFC North? Or is it a little bit more in totality of the AFC altogether to kind of get to the promised land?
4: You've got to focus in your division, yeah. certainly. Yeah. And we were 1-5 last year in our division, yeah. which is why our record was 9-8. and eight. We did make the playoffs. Um, so what we've always subscribed to is... When, when you can come out alive in your division, you're battle-tested ready for the playoffs. And so our focus is on that, is, yeah. is beating those three teams, put yourself in the best position. When you do make the playoffs, you feel like it's all in front of us right now. Obviously, there's great teams elsewhere. Kansas City's won it the last two years. So we still pay attention to them. It feels yeah, like we played you. them 20 times in the last three years. Right. But, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's a singular focus within the division, and then there's that wholesale focus. Yeah, so it starts of, of division, and then it, it goes from there. I would say so. Yeah, yeah.
0: I want to ask you another question about, a bigger-picture issue, they're going to do something with the kickoff. Troy Vincent has made it clear that the kickoff, as it's currently constituted, can't continue. It's a dead play. Just put the ball on the 25. What would you do differently than what they're currently doing now?
4: Yeah, it, that's a hard one for me to answer. That, that's been kicked around now for over a year where we've talked in depth. I've talked to Darren Simmons, our special teams coach. I don't have that solution. You know, it's one where I want to hear everybody's opinions and then jump in, and, and we'll vote certainly whichever way we feel like we need to vote. But um, as a quarterback, often scored in the background, not a head coach, I'll defer to these special teams coaches that have talked it around a lot, and, and we'll see where they end up with it.
1: Will your life change much now? You know, you lost, you got a, you got a coaching tree now, right? <laughs> Brian Callahan going to Tennessee and all that. How much does that affect you and, you know, your process weekly, whatever? I know you're going to lean on some other people, yeah. but, you know, what, what is the dynamic change there? Well,
4: number one, I hate to lose Brian. Yeah. I mean, he was my best friend. We were together. I, I'd love to know how many hours he sat in my office and we talked through game plans and right. things like that. Right. So. Um, I'll miss that, but it's great. It's great for him to get a new opportunity he's worked really hard for. it. It's great for Dan Pitcher and Brad Craigdor to move up in the roles. Change can be a good thing, even though I, you sit there as a the head coach you think I want the same staff for 10 years and no one changes roles and, and I know what to expect, but change can be good for us. And so um, it can make you comfortable in a lot of different ways. We'll continue to work through it, but we've got really good people in place that we're able to be elevated, and, and I'm excited to see that challenge for all of us. Yeah. What
0: percentage of your best secrets during those conversations with Brian Callahan did you keep to yourself?
4: Say that one, what, what
0: percentage of your like you know your your secret sauce like you're not going to tell them everything you do you got to hold I, some of it back I think I told him everything I think I told him everything I <laughs> you know it's it's Uh-oh. uh
4: you know when you were it, it's I'm with my wife and I was with Brian Callahan really those are probably the top two and then there's Lou Interremo and Darren Simmons but being an offensive guy is probably with him the most and so um you know you vent with him you, you share ideas with him and and you lean a lot on him and He's deserving this opportunity, and I'm, I'm proud of him, and I know he's going to do a great job.
1: You were in Tampa with me, right, for a little bit, Very and I want to be – you remember the motions, blast the bunch, him, right, <laughs> and all that crap that we used to do there. But either way, um, I, 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 another kind of just big-picture thought. Are you, like, amazed with kind of where quarterbacks have gone, just even, like, the start of your NFL career, right? And I mean that just yeah. because kind of all the same mold. Right, as far as pocket passer do that. There wasn't like these other dynamic athletes right now. It's a totally different position now. You know, are are you kind of amazed by it? Do you have to evaluate the yeah. position
4: differently? Uh, that's a great question. You're right. I think I'm the right person to answer that because I came up playing for Bill Callahan. The only reason I got invited to Tampa was so I could take snaps in the rookie camp and call the plays. Because I ran that <laughs> offense in college right, at Nebraska. Right, right, right. That's the only – looking back, that's why. And it, which is fine. And so you were under center – Pro style, yeah. those were the key ingredients for right. guys, be able to talk the verbiage. And then when I got in the NFL in two thousand twelve and started having the scout quarterbacks as a quarterback coach, I graded those guys higher than I graded this spread offense, shotgun, run around because I didn't believe that's how you play in this league. Yeah. And then I was proven wrong time and time again. Right. To where over my time the last ten years, I've had to totally shift. Yeah. I mean, you just gotta look for the intangibles. The arm talent, the ability to learn and elevate your teammates. Right. And, and you have to look at it drastically different than, than I came into the league in 2012 and, and was, was kind of pigeonholed. I hear it. It that way. So it is. Uh, It's been interesting, and, and they come in all shapes and sizes, and there's a lot of different styles of players doing a great job. Yeah,
0: yeah. Last year, right over there, we asked you about Joe Mixon. You said he'd be on the team last year, and he was. Yep. What about this year?
4: Yeah, I think same thing. You know, it's we're in the same position. Nice. He's been a big part of what we've done. Um, went to the Pro Bowl this year and, and helped us through a really tough situation at the end of the year when we lost uh, Joe Burrow. And so again, I think guys that mean a lot to this organization. Joe means a lot to me. And so um, we'll just continue to progress through the off season and see where see where everything ends up next year.
1: When you look at the, you know, your, your rival, right? I feel like you're really one of the only team, if not the only team, the Kansas City Chiefs are scared of in football, right? Or at least the, you you make them think. I'll say it. You okay. don't have to say it, but. What is it about them? Because I think they have a respect for you guys and some of the stuff you do. What What is it how you look at them and, and impresses you about the Chiefs' culture and Andy Yeah, Reed?
4: it's never easy. There, there's no freebies when you're playing against that defense. You earn every single yard that you get, every first down, every point. Um, you earn it. They've got key players at every level that they've done a great job of. Um, and I think offensively, obviously, it starts with their top two guys and goes from there. But um you know, every game we played against them the last five times has been a battle. It's come right. down to the end of the game. Um, you know, it's it's you got to stay penalty free, turnover free, and make the most of your opportunities down the stretch. And and I think each team that's won has, has done that. You know, they're down at the end of the game.
1: Do you notice like Joe B. number nine when it's Mahomes and Josh Allen and he's about to play? Is there a Different twinkle in his eye during the week. I mean, right? I mean, get, I know I used to get excited against other
4: big he, time. I think that's his secret sauce. Is he's so locked in every week he's playing. It doesn't and matter. So what you're to saying. see him in the games, he was healthy this year right. and what he did for us. Um, you know, that was that's the guy we're 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 used to seeing at this point. And um, so he always shows up on those stages. And uh, I know he's chomping up the bit to get back out there.
0: He does seem to rise to a higher level in the postseason, though. Some guys, you know, in the narratives out there they can't win under those bright lights. It seems like the brighter the lights are, the more anxious he is to show what he can do.
4: Yeah, and I wouldn't anxious isn't the word I would use. I think it's just prepared and, <laughs> just and ready determined. to go determined. Yeah. And and I think that's the moments he's prepared for his entire life. And so he's finally on that stage. He's used to being on that stage. Went to state championship in high school, national championship in college, super bowl in the NFL. That's that's his expectation is to be there and to be able to perform on that stage.
1: All right, so you're here. Combine. I know you got to go here in a minute, but you know your team overall. You know any specific area, anything you did last year, the, whatever that you feel like, hey, I, I definitely want to get better in this area. You know this year in 2024. I, I
4: don't know that there's an area we can say that we were good enough to be truthful with you. Yeah. You know, okay. And I think when you go nine and eight, which is basically 500 in this new modern 17-game schedule. We're gonna call that the modern seven. I don't know what we're calling that, but uh, you know, you, you can't walk away feeling like anything was good enough. Right. And so, it, it's good. It's created a new urgency within our coaching staff and our players that that wasn't good enough, and everything we've been doing. You know, we got we got to reevaluate and and start to get a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's Zach Taylor. Congratulations on six years. Here's the six more, six more beyond that, and what the hell, six yeah. more beyond that. Bengals Thank head coach. We'll be back with more. He would have deal with us for a combine. long time. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>